chances are you've taken a 360-degree assessment. But you may not understand what goes into building these assessments and what information you receive is actually the most essential for your career development. We may be a little biased, but today we are sharing all of our secrets on the elements of the best 360s. Welcome to the 90th percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corn, and with me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Okay, I know you may not believe this, or you may probably not want to hear this, but there are some people in this world who strongly dislike 360 assessments. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would argue it's probably because they haven't taken a great 360 or used a great 360 process. True. Not all 360s are creative equal. There are bad ones, good ones, better ones. And today we are going to describe what the best 360s include that makes them so effective and helpful to a leader's success. And it's not going to be boring. It's going to be epic. <laughs> All right. Well, the first component of an effective 360 is an assessment that has differentiating competencies. And a lot of people don't know what that means, but basically it's competencies that really measure great leaders and differentiate them from poor leaders. Now, organizations begin by creating and measuring their competency models but not all behaviors have been statistically shown to differentiate high performers from low performers. So can you give us an example of a behavior that's not differentiating? Well, this one was surprising to me, but we had an item that said is on time for meetings. <laughs> well, we actually found that when we looked at the scores, there was no difference between the best leaders and the worst leaders on that item. In other words, it wasn't a differentiating item. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, punctuality, okay. <laughs> the only way you can ensure that a behavior is differentiating is to test that behavior with results from hundreds of leaders and identifies those who don't differentiate at all from those who really differentiate a lot. And what we find is, is the best 360s have these differentiating items. And the only way you can find them, I mean, I've made up thousands of items, but I can never tell which ones were differentiating. The only way you can tell is by testing them. So you have customized a lot of assessments for organizations throughout the years. Has there ever been a competency that's really surprised you? Well, we, we had an organization that had a competency called frugality. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. You just want your leaders to pound every penny. <laughs> sure. My husband loved me to take that assessment. <laughs> now, the second component is uh, make every question count. The way that employees use their time is vital to an organization's success. There's no denying it. A 360 assessment process takes time and the cumulative effort of a participant and their many colleagues during the assessment process 
will take time away from day-to-day operations. Think about it. Every question you ask and you ask that to 15 people, that's a lot of time. Yes, there are a lot of people who don't enjoy taking surveys, and yet there are some people that love sharing their opinion. But having a very long survey can take a lot of people's time, and that's kind of upsetting sometimes to a lot of people. So what you're saying is that asking more questions is not necessarily very helpful. It's about asking the right questions that'll get you the information that you need. Yeah, it's like going fishing and buying every bait you can find to catch one fish. And it would be a lot better if you'd go to an expert and say, which bait works? You know, so the third component is to avoid something we call a false positive. One problem with less effective assessments is the false positive feedback that participants can receive. I'm already confused. <laughs> Don't blame you. Yeah, a false positive response happens with a question such as, does this individual listen carefully and attentively? If asked and the response scale uh, is strongly agree, agree, neutral, disagree, strongly disagree, if the rater feels like the person is okay at listening, they might select agree. That would result in a score of four. A participant receiving a four out of five might get the impression they are effective at listening. Because that's not accurate. This is considered a false positive result. Okay, okay. I, I, can, I can follow that. So what is the best way to avoid that? Well, at Zinger Folkman, we've discovered this strength scale. And the scale goes outstanding strength, strength, competent, needs some improvement, needs significant improvement. And when you think about that question, list, listens carefully and attentively, Typically, on this new response scale, we discovered people would mark three instead of four and eliminated those faults positive and also lowered the scores so everybody wasn't getting these super high scores on every competency. Speaking of scales, a really helpful thing that the best 360 assessments include um, is that they measure the leader's impact on employee engagement. The two most common surveys that are given out in an organization are a 360 assessment and an employee engagement survey. But what's interesting is that these two assessments are not often used together, but it's really helpful to link the engagement of a direct report to the leader and their effectiveness. So here's a tough pill to swallow for some people. Our, our research has shown that the single most significant influence on the level of employing commitment and engagement is the behavior of their leader. So having this really vividly demonstrates the impact of excellent and poor leadership to every leader. It really does. And, and you know, if you think about it, with the 360 assessment, you get an assessment of your behaviors, but also the outcome of those. In other words, the impact that they have. Another thing that's critical in an effective 360 assessment is that the survey needs to identify the competencies that are most important for a leader. And, you know, not all competencies are equally important depending on your job or your role or even the specific assignment that you have. It's really helpful for a leader to understand which ones are most important and which ones are less important. True. If you're a manager of customer service, 
then the competency of building relationships probably matters more to your job than to someone in IT. Oh, right. And so a truly effective 360 assessment provides a way to identify which competencies are the most important and the least important. Because leaders do not need to be best at everything. And that's one of the things we discovered in our research. Leaders don't need to be perfect. Okay. Our next suggestions have to do with the dreaded comment section. The best 360s are able to focus these written comments on fixing fatal flaws, not a very large list of minor improvements. Yeah, the written comment section of any multi-rater 360 is the first place that participants go to look at their results. People just have to know what others are saying about them. Uh, the questions that you ask should encourage specific feedback. For example, when the written comment asks, is there anything this person could possibly do to improve? There's a tendency for raters to give a long list of developmental suggestions about anything that could be improved. We prefer a question that asks, and it's pretty pointed, is there anything this person does that might be considered a significant weakness or a fatal flaw? That's a, that's a bold question. Yes, but such a straightforward approach makes an incredible difference. One thing we discovered in our original research was that great leaders have a few weaknesses. Turns out you don't have to be perfect to be a great leader. There's, there's a big difference, however, between having a weakness and a fatal flaw. Rather than focusing on weaknesses, we believe that building strengths is 70% of the time the best approach for leaders to take to improve. If they have a fatal flaw, well, they need to fix that. But if it's just a weakness, well, people can get by with weaknesses. And this brings us to our next point, that the best 360s compare scores to a high meaningful standard. Now, we are often taught not to compare ourselves, but there are healthy and informative comparisons that are truly helpful. So uh, I only took one statistics class, and while I, I did quite well, I'm going to leave it to you to explain what glo global norms are and, and why these norms can be so helpful. Well, when I designed my first 360 assessment, I would show leaders their results compared to an average score. What I noticed was that people would be quite satisfied with their results, even though they were only barely above average. These people would not have been satisfied with a C grade in school, but they seemed to be satisfied as a leader whenever their score was above average. Mm. In our original research, we identified how much greater impact leaders in an organization made when they were great. And so we'd like to think about people being excellent, not just good. Now, comparing participants' results to the 90th or the 75th percentile gives them a different perspective. As leaders learn the importance of being compared to a higher norm, they realize that the expectation of the organization is not for them to just be above average, but rather to be extraordinary. And the last and probably the most important aspect of the best 360s is that they lead to a personally relevant strengths-based development plan for the leader. You're only going to go back to your 360 assessment and open it again if 
it's meaningful to you and if it was a positive experience. And we talked about this in a one of our first episodes about how there was this movement from 360s just pointing out all these weaknesses of leaders to rather helping people find and develop their strengths. And what a revolutionary thing that was. One of my favorite quotes um, from you and Jack is that you, you said that it is the presence of a few profound strengths, not the absence of weaknesses that makes leaders highly effective. Let's be honest, we are all more motivated to work on something we are good at than an area that doesn't interest you. Yeah, a great 360 can help you identify those strengths or or potential strengths. Your strengths, uh, it's your strengths that'll separate you from average performers. It's it's kind of your brand or what, what you are special at, what you're great at. But those who master a few turn out to be at the 90th percentile in terms of their effectiveness. And it's their strengths that got them there. Here is our PSA to the world. 360 degree feedback assessments can and should be a positive career building experience. We'd all like to believe that we are brave enough to tell our boss everything they need to hear, But doing so could be a career-limiting move. We also don't know what behaviors are probably the most critical for our own success. So leaders want and need the kind of feedback that can only be received through confidential 360 assessments. You know, as you think about a journey, in order to be successful, you need to know where you are when you start. And that's what 360s give you. And on that leadership development journey, you need to know where you are. You need to know where you stand, not where you were five years ago or 10 years ago. You need to know where you are today to start that journey to improve your leadership effectiveness. If you want to get a taste of Zanger Fogman's assessment, I am going to include a link in the episode details of our mini strengths assessment that we actually made for Harvard Business Review a few years ago. You can also register for our upcoming webinar this month, How to Make 360 Reviews Successful, which is coming up soon. You know, most leaders don't understand all the ins and outs of 360s. And the goal of this webinar is to help leaders identify what a highly effective 360 process looks like. I mean, Joe has built so many 360s um, throughout his career. And so he's going to let you in all those juicy secrets of how the best organizations approach an effective 360 implementation and get results. So be sure to register at the link in our episode details. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Korn and Joe Folkman and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com.